0: We're going to turn to Judges chapter 7, Judges chapter 7, and uh, you can watch it on the screen, you can pull your phone out, find an app there, but uh, let, me, let me share some things with you today. Judges chapter 7, verse 8, we've been talking about this uh, discipleship thing, and uh, you know, I thought I was going to preach a, I was going to bring a message about Gideon, it was going to be like one week, you know, like Gideon, and just like, I just keep finding stuff, Here in this story about Gideon, and I got some other thoughts that I want to share with you today uh, that, that are vital to us as disciples of Christ, that we're learning, that we're growing, that we're becoming what God wants us to be. And so Judges chapter 7, verse 8, here's what it says, so Gideon collected the provisions and the ram's horns of the other warriors, and he sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him, and the Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. Uh, We're saved by grace. It's a free gift of God. And we're not only saved, but Christ has called us to be disciples and also ultimately to be fishers of men. What does that mean? It means sharing our testimony. It means pointing other people to Jesus Christ. We can't for we can't force anyone to accept Christ as our Savior, but we can tell people what God has done for us. And so uh, last week we talked about releasing complete. Well, first of all, we said we're going to release control to God. And uh, you said, "Well, that's easy. I'm just going to give God all the control." Will did a great job of of, of greeting you today, and and sharing his own personal testimony about releasing control to God. And and when I found out Will's car was broke down and he had 103,000 miles on it, it's just like, man, what bad luck. You know, 103,000, the warranty runs out at 100, but he takes it in, they tell him your warranty actually runs out at 104. You can't make this stuff up, Okay. But God bless him, we're, we're releasing control. So, and a lot of times, we went on and we said, the problem is we release control, but we, what we do is we, we, we hold on to some of the control. We said we gotta release complete control to God. We say, God, it's all yours. I'm trusting you with everything that I have. And then we also talked about partial commitment always leads to breakdown. Remember Jesus he told the people, he said, you can't serve two masters. You'll either love the one and hate the other, or you'll hate the one and love the other. It's impossible. He went on to tell us in the word of God in in the book of Revelation, he even said this, Jesus said this, he said, I would rather you be hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, he said, that makes me sick. And I'll literally vomit you out of my mouth. And so, Lukewarmness is partial commitment. God wants us to be all in. All in serving Him. Following after Him. Once again, let me remind you, we are not saved by works, okay? But we're saved for more than just coming to church every once in a while. We're saved for more than talking about religious things. We're saved to point individuals, men and women, boys and girls, to Jesus Christ. That's why he saved us. There's a lot of people today, when we're talking about this partial commitment, I was thinking about this week, Debbie and I were talking about it, there's a lot of people that go to church, and we're not committed to Jesus Christ. You know what we're committed to? We're committed to our Christian culture. I want you to think about this for a minute. We love our Christian culture, all right? We love, now, it's wonderful to love the church you go to, okay? But we can get so wrapped up and being be, be so flipped over our Christian culture that that Christian culture becomes our God. And we're like serving that Christian culture around about us. I, I met an old friend who said he moved to Kansas City, and the thing that he was trying to impress on me more than anything else was this, fabulous church that he was going to that ran 10,000 people, okay? He didn't tell me about their winning the lost. He didn't tell me about their going onto the streets and preaching the gospel. But it was like, I'm supposed to be impressed about his church of 10,000 people. You know what he was telling me? I'm flipped over my Christian culture. And my Christian culture is more important to me than my walking relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? And that's the trap that the devil wants us to fall in, where this Christ, we think it's all about our Christian culture. Culture, getting getting together with other people, and just rubbing shoulders with other people. But Christ has called us to be disciples of Him rather than disciples of our Christian culture because Christian culture will let us down. Okay? There's churches that fall apart. All right. You can get your eyes on great men and women. Thank God for great men and women that I've had that I look to and have looked to and they've taught me and just last week, I had the honor and the privilege of preaching at one of our past, Sister Clue's funeral, one of our pastor, former pastors, and talking about some of the great things that, that they had done in my life and how so, instrumental they've been in my life. Thank God for great leaders that have gone before us, but my eyes and my walk and my relationship are not based upon the leaders that have led me. My walk, Jason, my walk and relationship is built upon Jesus Christ. It's founded upon him. It's not founded upon the Christian culture that I grew up in. You see, a lot of times people get bored with Christian culture. People even get arrogant with their Christian culture. They get prideful in their Christian culture. But our anchor has got to be in Jesus Christ, not our Christian culture. And God wants us to be all in. Okay. So here's what here's we got Gideon. We talked about this last week. God took Gideon and he totally reshaped his army. God transformed his army. He took it from 32,000 soldiers to 10,000 mighty warriors down to 300 humble people. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. He took it down to a place of people that were willing to be fully surrendered to God and to be used of God. And get, here's what God was teaching Gideon. He said, get your eyes off the people. Get your eyes off your army and get your eyes on me. I want to tell you this right now before I forget it, okay? God can do more with the 300 than we can do with the 10,000. You got to get that. You got to understand that, okay? You say, well, the 10,000 looks awful good. God can do more with a 300 that's yielded, whatever it is. It can be people. It can be uh, monetary, it can be any, whatever it is. Whatever the 300 represents in your life. God can do more with the 300 than we can do with the 10,000. I think about, you know, Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He can bless it. He can multiply. Right now we're in the middle of this, we're in the middle of this water thing and the sewer thing. And, and uh, I'll be honest with you, our bids for these have come in as high as $85,000. $100,000, just like, hmm, where's the money going to come from? <laughs> God, you got us in the middle of this. I don't necessarily know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out. But God, we know that you've brought us to this place, and you're going to bring us through it, okay? You're going to bring us through the other side, and we'll be faithful with the 300000 Okay? And we'll realize that God is in control, releasing control, releasing full control, being fully committed, being all in and trusting in God. And that is the point that God got Gideon to. God taught Gideon the power isn't in the number, the power is in God. He taught him this, he taught Gideon. He said, Gideon, the army is not your army, the army is my army. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is this today. You've got to be, whatever God has put, ever, put in your hands, whatever the 300 represents in your hands, you've got to be faithful with it. Amen. I want you to get that. Whatever the 300 represents, you've got to be faithful over it. You say, well, God, I'm waiting until I get the 10,000, and then I'm going to be faithful. No, you've got to start with the 300. Right now, whatever the, I want you to think about in your own mind right now. What does that 300 represent? And we got to be completely faithful with that thing, that gift that God has put in our hands. There's a lot of times that we're, we've got the 300. God's reduced it from the 10,000 to the 300. we got it in our hands, and we're going, okay, God. And then we try to talk God out of his will. We try to talk God out of his plan, okay? We try to redirect God in another direction. But listen, you're not going to redirect God, okay? We're either going to be humble to God and submitted to God, he either has complete authority and control in our life or he has no control in our life, okay? But God gets to this It's to this point. There's, there's sometimes that we get to this point and we just want to totally give up. I got some good friends in Oklahoma. Some of you guys know them, Brad and Misty Helton, okay? There are those of you that know Brad and Misty. We knew Brad. We met Brad in the mid-90s when he first became a Christian and uh, at the time he was... You know, didn't know the Lord. John Skiles met him. I don't know where he ran into him, at a coffee shop or something, and started talking to him. He became a Christian. A little bit later, uh, a few years later, God got a hold of him. God really began to deal with him. God started dealing with him about the ministry, and he left and uh, went to Bible college then in Joplin. When he, while he was there, he met a, met a girl named Misty. Married Misty, bred Misty, got married. They left. They they went through Bible college. They got out of Bible college, and uh, went to Oklahoma because that was where Misty was from. And God called him and talked to him about planting a church in rural Oklahoma. Okay, we went down there about a couple months ago, and uh, when folks listen, when I say rural, there's a lot of you and you think Cedar Creek is rural. This ain't rural. Okay, we are not in a rural area here. Okay, we're just a couple miles from. Columbia, okay. We're, we're just a few miles from 150,000 people, okay. So when I tell you Rule, okay, we're talking. <laughs> I didn't know how Rule it was till I got there, okay. And I didn't know if, I was in Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma. There's no signs. There's nothing, you know. So we got down there, okay, and we saw what God had done in their life and what God had done in their ministry. And they they've been there now about 15 years, or it's close to 15 years. And, it, and Brad said, when, when we went down there, he started tell, telling us. He said, You know what? We came in here and he said, We was looking for God called us, and this story ain't going to last very long. Just give me a second. And God told us to plant a church here. We didn't have any money, we didn't really have anyone backing us. And uh, he said, We're looking around to have a church, a place to have a church, a place we can rent. There's basically nothing for rent. We're in a rural area. <laughs> and he said one of the relatives, I think Misty's aunt or something, said, hey, I've got an old barn. It's like an old chicken barn, okay? And this barn is... I was trying to think about this room, okay? It's This barn is probably... It's probably a third the size of this, little, this auditorium right here, this chicken barn, okay? And so Brad... <laughs> said she offered it. You guys can have church here. You can start having church here. And Brad said, I didn't tell her, but he said I laughed about it and said, you know, she said, you just clean it up a little bit. (laughs) Just spruce it up a little bit. You'll be ready to have church. And Brad said, I thought, you know, a match would probably be better. (laughs) It would be a better option than a broom and cleaning it up. But, But he said, we looked around. There was nothing else. There was no other place to go. So we said, whatever. And so they went, went there, and they started kind of cleaning it up and, and fixing it up and stuff. And so, so I want you to picture they're in a, in a room in a building that's a third the size of this, okay? And they start having church in there, and they get to the point where they're having 75 people. For, for a few years, they had 75 people, and then they just, instead of doing one service, they do two, or if they need to do three, they do three. And then God let them build another building, okay, that was like the size of this room, okay. And then they just packed that out, okay, and uh, just kept being faithful to God. Kept whatever God put in their hand, they were faithful in it. And that's what you and I have got to do. And now they built another building that's I'm going to tell you, it's it's only about twice the size of this room. It's not enormous. It's not huge twice the size, and uh, they're filling it up, and uh, I think I was talking to them, they're getting ready to do, start three services, you know, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, okay? But, but the point I'm making is this. They were faithful. Whatever God put in their hand, they were faithful. You say, well, what I got, what my 300 represents, it really ain't much. Listen, all God is asking you to do is be faithful over what the 300, whatever the 300 represents, that we are faithful over that, yes, okay? I don't, I will never have to stand before God and give account, Alex, I'm never gonna have to stand before God and give an account <laughs> for what Bill Gates did with his stuff, okay? Yeah. I am never gonna have to stand before God and give an account, we get frustrated a lot of times, let's just put it into modern terms. I'm never gonna have to give an account for what Donald Trump does, I'm never going to have to give an account for what Joe Biden does. For some reason, our whole life is wrapped around all these politicians. We get so frustrated (laughs) over everything they're doing. But just rest assured, okay, that you're not going to have to give an account. But whatever the 300 that, that represents in your life, that will be the thing that when we stand before God, that we are going to have to give account for to God, that 300. And so what God wants us to do, that whatever he's placed in our hands, that we are faithful, that we are diligent over everything that God has put into our care, in our our hands. And I'll tell you this right now, if you'll be faithful over it, God will multiply it, God will enlarge it, God will expand it. God is going to empower. If you will be faithful to God, God will empower whatever you He has put in your hands, and God will will win the loss through it. God will make a difference. You say, Pastor Bob, I'm not a preacher. I'm not telling you that you're 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 a preacher that's going to stand behind a pulpit or I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm not telling you you're going to go to Africa and be a missionary for the next 15 years, but I'll tell you this, that God has put a calling, God has put a gift on your hand, in your hands today, God has given you a 300, and we, we got to be faithful over that thing. Whatever God has put in our hands today, that our victory and our power does not come from ourselves, but our victory and our power comes from being yielded and obedient to the Lord. And victory is only possible. God was teaching Gideon, victory is only possible through me. And so Gideon released everything to God. The nation of Israel released everything to God. And God allowed a great work to happen. Okay, Today, as I stand before you, discipleship is... This is a journey. And so I want you to think about this. We've got to be teachable, okay? We've got, we got to be moldable in God's hand. Some, some people are a little more teachable than other people. Some people are just like, nah, I don't really know if I'm going to buy that or not. I don't really know if I am to, want, want to believe that or not. But, but we've got to be teachable and moldable in God's hand because God works through ordinary people that are willing. And it's, so many times it's easy to compare our it's it's complete. It's easy to compare our 300 to someone else's. So, man, I don't really like my gift. I don't really like what God has put in my hands. I don't really like what God, I don't really like what I feel like my calling is or my gifting is. But I'd rather have this over here. Listen, you got to get your eyes on what God has put. You got to get your eyes and your mind and your heart on your own three hundred that God is going to help, and that God is going to use, and God is going to bless. And there's sometimes we look at the gift, and we say, God, is that really it? God, are you kidding me? Or sometimes we look at the gift, we look at the 300, and we say, please, God, you can do better than that. But all of the gifts, all of the callings of God are designed to glorify and bring honor to God. And to lift up Jesus Christ. So you don't have to compare your 300 to someone else's. You understand what I'm saying? Don't compare your gift to someone else's. Don't compare your calling to someone else's. we got to be faithful over whatever God has put in our hands. Over whatever our 300 is, we have got to be faithful. Because God is more than enough to accomplish His will through what he's put into your hands. He's more than enough. Number two, second thing. We gotta get up, and this is, you say, I just don't think I can do it. I just don't, I just don't think I got, I, I, I trust God enough. Here's the, here's the second thing. You gotta, you gotta get up and let God increase your faith. Say, how's that gonna happen? Well, it's key key is in the scripture. Judges chapter 7, verse 9. And that night, the Lord said, Get up and go to the Midianite camp, for I've given you victory over them. But if you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Purah and listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. And then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. You see, Satan often fills our mind with all kinds of things that are not true. Listen, just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. you got to understand this, okay? We think a lot of stuff that's wrong. we got a lot of thinking errors, okay? We think, a lot of times we think people don't like us. A lot of times we think, the devil says people don't like you, people have been talking about you. If you're watching online right now, you think people in the church are sitting down, sitting around, they're condemning you because you've been a, afraid to go to church for the last year? Those are thoughts the devil wants to put in your mind to alienate you and to isolate you. Yeah. 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 Just because you think it don't mean it's true. Right. Because the devil will try to whisper all kinds of things in our heart and in our mind. He tries to terrorize us with his thoughts and defeat is the easiest thing to imagine. The devil will tell you this. He said he was, he'll tell you this: listen, success will always elude you. You the devil will tell you this, you are never gonna win. The devil will tell you, you are never gonna arise above the current mess you're in. The devil will tell you this: your family has never ever risen to anything better than what you're experiencing right now, and you're stuck where you are for the rest of your life. Let me say it again. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. It's a trick. It's a device of the enemy. It's a device of the devil to keep you down, to beat you down, to talk you down. And we got to get rid of that thinking today. We got to get up And let God increase our faith. And one day, you see, one of these days, okay? I want to say this this morning. I want you to get this. One of these days, every one of us will be in some leadership capacity. God's going to put every one of us in a leadership capacity. There are some of you right now, and you're serving in a leadership capacity, okay? And so we're preparing. I believe, and I know every believer is a leader, okay? We're leading somewhere okay? You're leading in your home. You're leading your family. You're leading your children. You're leading your friends. Every one of us is going to be a leader at one time. If you're not a leader right now, you're going to be a leader one of these days. And so whatever our thinking is, whatever thoughts are directing us is going to be directing the people that's underneath us. If we're living in fear of failure, and that permeates everything in our life, the people that we're leading is gonna be feeling like they're failures. If we feel like we're victors and we're overcomers, the people that we're leading will feel like they're victors and they're overcomers. Okay? Whatever whatever we're feeling, we're we're gonna spread that to our army. As leaders, you see, as leaders, I want you to think about this, because we're talking about Gideon, we're talking about warriors. As leaders... Our warriors, their thinking is shaped by our emotions. Okay? And so if our emotions are in, down in the dumps and we're defeated and we're discouraged, we're going to take all of our warriors down and defeated and discouraged. All right? All the people we're leading. And those warriors can be your children. Those warriors can be your... Whoever your friends or whatever the case, was. or maybe you're in the leadership position in the church and you're leading the men or the women or the youth or, or whatever, the, whatever the case may be. So we got to be careful that our faith is in God today. That our faith is strong is strong today. We got to make sure that our hope and our peace is in Jesus Christ. We've got to spend our time in prayer and in time in God's word. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to beat us to build us up, okay, I'm amazed, okay, I'm amazed by the number of people that haven't got five minutes to read the Bible or pray, but we got nine hours to spend on Facebook, you know, it's like, and I, listen, I know it's like, it's like addictive, okay, it's like, we get on here, and it's just like, it's just like, we just, it's like, I can't stop, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, and I can't stop. Okay, it's like, I just can't, I just got to get, because I know what, what I see right there is, it's okay, I kind of like it, but I know there's something, there's going to be something that's really going to be good, you know? (laughs) We got all the time we need. Folks, listen, we got all the time we need, okay? And so we can spend some time in prayer and in reading the word of God and in talking to God, all right? I have a portion of t- of my of every day. Okay, and I know it drives my wife nuts. I know it does, but uh, Debbie, she's here. She's in the auditorium this morning. I know that it drives my Debbie nuts because she's such a workaholic. Okay, <laughs> she's a workaholic. We well, listen. We could get home on Sunday evening after having church and visiting nine people in the hospital, and she'll get home. And you know what Debbie does? She, I said, what are you doing? Well, I got some. I got a list. I'm going to make of things I want to accomplish before the day's over. <laughs> Can't we just collapse? <laughs> Can't we just kick back? Can't we just, you know, take it easy, relax? Now I got th- I've got these. I got these nine other things I want to get done before the day's over. But so I know it drives her crazy. Okay, but I take a portion of every day. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a pastor, but I'm going I'm to be honest with you, okay? Um, I literally, and, and when I say this, you're going to get the wrong idea, okay? And there's people watching online, you're going to get the wrong idea, but it's, it's true. There's a portion of my time every day, and I'm going to say it just like this, because I, I mean it, and, 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 it's, and it's, it's true. I force myself. I literally force myself to sit down and read the Word of God yes, amen. for a certain period of time. And, and I, I, I don't read chapters, I read verses, okay? And I'm not going to tell you how many, but there's, I got so many that I read. Because if I get wrapped up in the chapter thing, it's like, I, God, keep this chapter, hurry up and get over. <laughs> but if I, I've got verses, you know, i got this nice, neat, and it don't matter, you know, how long the chapter is, I got verses. I'm going to go through. And I force myself to read that word. And I, I, I spend time letting God speak to me. You say, well, I, God just speaks to me through this, like this, you know, talking into my, whispering in my ear. Listen, God, God speaks to me through his word. And I spend that time. And so I want to encourage you, be, because every one of us will be a leader. Most of us here in this room, we're leaders right now. And we, if we are going to lead effectively, we got to get our place, we got to get up and let God increase our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, all right? And so if we have no faith, we're probably spending no time in the Word of God, allowing God to deal with us and allowing God to speak to us. You see, God is so loving to us. God is so kind. He is so gracious God knows that sometimes we struggle with our emotions. God knows this, sometimes we struggle with our fear. Okay? And God told Gideon. God said this, Judges 7:10. He said, "If you are afraid to go attack, he said, go to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what the Midianites are saying and you will be greatly encouraged." Then you will be eager to attack. God told Gideon, he said, I know you're afraid. He said, I know your, inim- your eyes are on how large the, en- the, the, the army of the enemy is. God said, I know I've reduced your army from 10,000 mighty fearless warriors down to 300 humble men. But here's what you got to do, Gideon. You got to get up and increase Your faith. I want you, get this, understand this, I want you to sneak into the enemy's camp. Just, Gideon, can I take my, God, can I take my 300? No, I just want you and your assistant to go. Gideon, just you and your assistant pure to go. And then when you get there, listen to what the enemy's saying about this battle. Because getting up is going to increase your faith. Getting up is going to increase your faith. Verses 13 4, 14. So here's what happened. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. And the man said, I had this dream. And in my dream, I saw a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down to the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, it turned it over, it knocked it flat. And his companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite, victory over Midian and its allies. You see... What could happen? I'm getting ready to close, okay? Let me see what time it is. Yeah, I want to get ready to close. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to the third point today. What could happen in your life if we got up and let God increase our faith? What could, get, what could happen today? I told you last week, so many times we want an assignment that's so small we can handle ourselves. God, I got this one. I don't... I don't need any help from you, God. I don't need any help from you, God. I'm not, I am not. I just got this on my own terms. But what could happen in our life? You see, there are some giants that we've been facing for a long time, like the, the nation of Israel. They've been facing these giants for seven years. For seven years, they've been facing oppression. For seven years, there have been a famine because the enemy was coming stealing all their food. They were facing that for seven years. What could happen in our life if we got up and we said, listen, God, I'm going to get up. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid to go down there to the enemy's camp because it's just me and my assistant going to go down there. And if they catch us, they'll probably cut our throat. But God said, if you'll get up and if you'll go, it's going to increase your faith. It's going to build you up. It's going to lift you up. You know, I was talking to my buddy Roger over here this morning. And uh, yesterday, put a puzzle together all by himself. You know, sometimes we have, we, 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 we've got those puzzles in our life, we've got those things in our life, we've got those circumstances in our life. We say, God, I just can't do it. God, someone else is able. The pastor's able. The teacher's able. Someone I see on TV, they're able. But just imagine if you and I would get up, get the puzzle out, get all the pieces out, say, God, why don't you help me? God, work through me. God, empower me. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. God, I'm, I'm going I'm to release complete control unto you. Dear God, I'm trusting in you. I'm getting up. I'm going to let you build my faith and increase my faith. And God, I believe that great things are possible as I yield myself unto you. What miracle could happen in your life if we stepped out in courage and allowed God to increase our faith? I know this. Life is full of so many struggles. There's a lot of struggles in life, uh, there's a lot of difficulties in life. You know, when you, be, you know, Will got married last summer. There's a lot of struggles that happen when you get married. <laughs> Start building your own household, you know, paying your own bills. There's a lot of struggle that comes with that. I know it's it's tough. Life has a lot of struggles. There, there's th- we struggle with sickness. We struggle with the loss of our loved ones through, through death, you know. There's a lot of struggles in life. But today, I want to encourage you that God can do more with the 300 than we can do with the 10,000. So so whatever God has put in your hands today, that whatever your 300 represents, that we are determined, that we are diligent, that we are faithful with whatever the 300 is. And God is going to help us when we do this. We get up. We do exactly what God tells us to do. We put ourselves in a place where our faith can be built up. And that's what Gideon did. He put himself in a place. He went to the enemy's camp. And when he got there, he listened. The enemy said, hey, God is going to give them the victory. The enemy said, I had a dream and I saw God giving them the victory. And Gideon heard that and his faith was built up. He was lifted up. He was ready to meet the challenge. What could happen in our life if we got up and God increased our faith today? Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today, God, that you have called us and set us apart. you saved us. God, you saved us by your grace. We didn't earn that salvation, but because Jesus took his, our sin on himself upon the cross, because his blood washes our sin away, we're forgiven. Because he rose from the grave on the third day, that he is our Savior, who gives us eternal life and i pray god that you'll bless us and you'll help us and touch us and encourage us god you've not only saved us but god you've called us to be fishers of men to be disciples to share our story to share our gift i pray today god that we'll be faithful with the 300 whatever the 300 represents in our life that we are faithful and we'll yield ourselves we're all in not partially committed but, God, we're completely surrendered unto you and your will. And, God, you're going to do great things as we get up and obey your voice. And that action will cause our faith to be increased. And, God, will be ready to move forward in whatever the task may be. And We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you stand with me for just a moment and just praise.